Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Chapter Tactics, where we go over tactics and strategies to help out both new and veteran players alike. I am your host, Magikarp Usefly, also known as Matt, and with me today we have our regular co-host, Demeki. Anyang hasayo, y'all. John P. <laughs> What's up, everybody? <laughs> and the man, the myth, the legend, Scary. I will try to keep a level head. <laughs> keyword try. Try. <laughs> That's the keyword here. Uh, today we're talking about uh, how to play faster in 40k. Uh, this is going to help out everybody here, just because. You know, and when you're going to uh, any type of tournament, uh, even if you're going to like a local league or something, sometimes people will want to uh, put you on a clock. And so you actually have to play fast. And then if you're going to a tournament, you have what? what what's the time limit on a tournament? Is it three hours, two hours, 30? Uh, yeah, it's three hours. So you have. Uh, depends on the tournament. Yeah, yeah depending like, on the. Yeah, go ahead. An hour, uh, it, it would be not unreasonable to, to think you'll have one hour and 15 on your clock yeah 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 and then two and a half hours from from the lvtt it was about an hour and a half for each player because of player optimized terrain yeah so if you are playing for uh, a 230 game right in total then you only get half that time for it to be your turn um, when you're playing on a clock. So you actually have to play your matches very, very quickly. You only have an hour and 15 to do everything that you need to do and try to get all the way down to uh, the final round for your game. So playing fast is the most optimal way that you can make sure that you get the points that you need in order to score the highest in this game. And so that's why we're talking about it. Yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. Well, I'll say something. It's the, like, playing fast doesn't necessarily, don't play sloppy. Right? Yeah, We're yeah, not yeah, talking yeah. about playing sloppy. We're talking about uh, strategies that will help you save time over the course of your turns. And chess clocks still are a bit of a touchy subject for some folks out there. Mm-hmm. Whether Whatever level of the game you play, out, uh, play at, you either love the idea of a chess clock, you're indifferent to the idea of a chess clock, or you abhor the idea of a chess clock. And so we're not here to discuss the politics of chess clocks. We're here to discuss the how to help you save time. Yeah, basically just making sure that you are able to maximize uh, your efforts, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, to get the most out of your bank or to get the most bang for your buck when you're going to a tournament and uh, playing your rounds. Now, before we get into that, uh, we do have a did you know today? We have uh, one about the Black Templar, so... Let me get this out of the way real quick. Black Templars have a tradition where they use a metal restraint called a devotion chain in order to bind their weapons to their fists on the day of battle and can only remove them when they achieve victory. However, there is also a chain of zeal, and this chain binds the Space Marine to their weapon for as long as they serve. Removing the chain of zeal is considered to be dishonorable, and so they and so the wearer must keep this armored glove don't are dawned upon them and uh yeah they have to keep their armored glove and weapon in hand every minute for the rest of their lives kind of sucks yeah that sounds awful no way I'm black templar zeal and faith brother yeah <laughs> trying to sleep with that thing yeah trying to wipe my space booty with that don't thing. sleep yeah, they yeah. go into this inert state where they like just their body rests but they're completely aware of their surroundings my mm-hmm. ptsd is yeah. kicking in yeah. now i'm just remembering basic training like here's a rifle <laughs> sleep with it 
Yeah, so uh, it's a hard life to be a Black Templar. Uh, yeah, so that's our Did You Know for today. Excuse me. Uh, that's our Did You Know for today. So uh, before we go into the main topic, this show is brought to you by FrontlineGaming.org, where you can get amazing game mats for not just your 40K games, but almost any tabletop game out there. Purchase miniatures at a discount and join some of the largest 40K events in the industry. They also have the largest 40K podcasting network in the business with shows like Signals from the Frontline, Chapter Tactics, 40K Game Changers, 40K Stat Center, Grim After Dark, and so much more. That's FrontlineGaming.org, or you can click on the link in the description of all of the social media goodies out there. SoCal Open coming up soon. So we're talking about uh, how to play faster. Yeah, yeah. boy. <laughs> Let's do on October 15th. Do. You don't know. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah be I, ready. I, I'm very interested in this topic because I, I know when we play on stream, they can go up to like four hours. I don't know, just just because of the stream or it's because of me. But <laughs> so we'll we'll find out. Uh, you know what makes yeah. a stream go faster? Yeah. A chess clock. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> again, again, a touchy subject, especially for some of our viewers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say, um, playing. Running out, let me preface the topic with this running out of time at a tournament does not feel good. No, mm. it doesn't. No, that's, mm -hmm. It does not feel good at all. No. Whether you're a veteran player that's played many games, whether a newer player that hasn't, getting to a tournament, setting up, playing your game, having a, a fun laugh with your opponent, basically like counting your points, scoring your points, and then it comes to like you have half an hour left or whatever from the ref. Or from the tournament organizer, you're like, oh shoot, we're literally just going into like turn three. Yeah. You know what I mean, and and all of a sudden, like you feel really rushed, and then you don't really appreciate the game, and it kind of like you're, you're kind of trying to get through stuff or skipping steps or whatever it is. You make mistakes because yeah. you're rushing, yeah. or you get to the point where you're just in the zone, having a good time, and all of a sudden, the first thing you hear is, okay, time's up, dice down or whatever, and you're like, oh crap. We didn't even finish like third turn or fourth turn or whatever it is. And, and it does not feel good. I've been in mm -hmm. both situations. Yep. Yeah. And so, A, I love chess clocks. But B, <laughs> there are ways and things that you can think about or do that help you use that time effectively. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I know personally just from LVTT uh, a couple of weeks ago that I ran into that similar situation. And... Uh, I found myself, uh, we ran out of time. Uh, I lost by like two points. It did not feel good. And I was wondering, was it my fault or was it my opponent's? You know, it kind of, it kind of makes you, it, 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 it makes you resent that one match, but I didn't let it like hold me down the rest of the tournament, you know? Mm. But at the same time, like, yeah, it sucked. It, it, it did not feel good. Yeah. 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 So a uh, question for you guys. What happens in that situation? Do you just calculate the score right then and there? Yep. Or, like, so uh, no further scoring is, like, awarded or anything? So, like, if you take, a, like, in a, uh, a secondary, like, raise the banners, right? Raise the banner says that you score on uh, your command phase and at the end of the game. So, technically, you would still score raise the banners at that point because that's considered the end of the game. Okay. Um, but, like, anything other than that, no. So, like... Even if you have more units and you know that you're probably going to max primaries, it's not going to happen. It's just it's right then and there that snapshot where you're at. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there are events that have policies in place 
with this, for example, the code of conduct does have an incentive in terms of uh, penalties for the players if you don't get past turn three, I believe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so you're incentivized to keep an eye on the clock and make sure that the game is traveling smoothly to make it fair for both players. Yeah. And that's because you might be playing a list that sort of comes into its own mid to late game. Or you might be playing a list that plays and scores a lot of points early on. Yeah, right? So you want to make sure that both players get a chance to sort of play with their factions the way that they're that they that they're designed. I, I can yeah. tell you probably one of the most important things that you should have at a tournament is a tray to put your entire army on because yeah. that's what ran into the problem during my first match was that my opponent was still pulling his units out of his uh, carrying tray or carrying device uh, rather than already having them on a tray and his deployment was taking way too long. Yeah. That's brutal. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you got robbed of a game. Yeah. Yeah. Just got to make sure. Like, that yes, number one, if you're doing a checklist, make sure that you unpack your, 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 your army and have a carry tray or some sort of way to transport them from, for easy access from one table to the next. And I'll tell you right now, that's incredibly important, but mm -hmm. it's also incredibly important to try and keep it organized. Yeah. It's not just a matter of character, because most times you'll run up to a table and your opponent has a ungodly pile of random plastic models just dumped into the middle of their tray. And they spend <laughs> like 10 minutes organizing everything like as the round has already started. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, oh, <no. laughs> just scrambling to be like, oh, that's the, uh, where's my other guy? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, so what we do have here now, I guess like that's us explaining why it's important to play fast um, when it comes to like a tournament. Obviously don't play sloppy, just play more efficiently. Yeah. Um, just be very smart and think ahead. Basically uh, can basically sum up almost this entire episode of this podcast. <laughs> uh, but we have some, uh, a little bit of some tools that we could talk about um, to help people out. I think that Demeki can take the first one here. Yeah. So uh, the different types of tools that I found useful uh, throughout uh, playing in tournaments is uh, rulers. So like I bought one of those nifty little six inch, three inch, one inch, half an inch rulers that like it's just different measurements on all sides that came in handy, especially for uh, measuring uh, engagement ranges and whatnot. Um, and I wasn't messing around with my tape measure as much. Uh, the other thing was uh, I brought. I will. I will second that. Yeah. That tactical measurement device, one inch, half an inch, two inch, three inch, is one of the most used pieces that you will you, you will use in your toolkit. That thing is just incredibly useful. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. And then, like, it, it's neat, too, because you can buy, like, different ones that have uh, certain things on them. Like, the one that I bought was actually for Age of Sigmar, so it's got a bunch of stuff that I don't understand on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, oh, that that sounds neat. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, there's, like, uh, different types of rulers that you can get out there, and they have different uh, things. You know, it'll help you remember certain things. Maybe it has, like, the phases on there. So you remember what phase you're, you're going into. Uh, the other thing was like different co uh, different colored dice that helps a lot, uh, especially having uh, certain dice for counters like mm -hmm. wound counters and stuff. Uh, that way you're not fumbling around looking for something to to use as a wound counter for your models. Uh, that that actually helps speed things up. To put your wound counters out 
for your big models instantly is actually like a huge help, especially like if your opponent's like, well, what, how many wounds does this have? Right. Mm -hmm. And then you're not like, Oh shit. I don't remember. Like, let me go look or stuff. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> let me go look through my codex and Oh, there it is. It's got this many wounds. Mm -hmm. So normally I find that very helpful. Also, if you're doing that, please, please make sure they're different dice, mm -hmm. like either a different size or like a distinctly different color. Yep. Like don't use like dice you're rolling to mark wounds, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially when you're rolling on table. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> most of the time you are rolling on the table. Uh, some people bring dice trays. Uh, but n I would say a majority of the time you're rolling on the table anyways because the tables aren't that big. So there's yeah. no real place to put a dice tray. Uh, another sure. thing that he brought up that is super useful, too, is if you're running an army with a lot of transports, like Drukhari, uh, I bought these nifty little, like, clear-colored uh, chips, mm -hmm. and I would say, okay, uh, these units are this color, and they're going into this boat, and I would put the chip in the boat because you can't fit those models in the boat. Yeah. <laughs> so I would do that to designate, all right, this is what's in what boat, and yeah, all my opponents loved it. They thought it was great. And I was like, okay, good. Yeah. You can just use like a poker chip. Yeah. 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 Nice. Just like any type of chip. Yeah. For sure. Definitely. Uh, Dorito chip. Yeah. Dorito <laughs> chip. Is that <laughs> cool ranch? <laughs> this cool ranch, uh, Raider, this one has all my <laughs> racks in it. This one, this is nacho cheese. Yeah. And then when you kill it, I get to eat it. Oh, dude, that's <laughs> genius. My army's orange, so I'll yeah. use Cheetos. Yeah, yeah, or Cheetos, whatever you want. These are Fritos, so whatever. Much, so much for keeping a level head. I derailed this conversation <laughs> real fast. Yeah, we were on a roll, too. Yeah, we were. Um, this one, uh, the next one, this is like rolling dice together when it doesn't matter. Yeah. So uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of your units, they'll have different weapon profiles, mm -hmm. right? So what you can do is uh, if you brought different colored dice, then you can have one colored dice be one weapon, another colored dice being a different weapon. Um, so then that way you can fast roll the whole thing if you know that what you're rolling at doesn't matter. Obviously, if like it's multi-damage weapons that you're shooting into uh, a multi-damage multi unit. Feel no pain, like, yeah. Or something. Yeah, then you want to you know be smarter with your rolling. But if you're just shooting at stuff that's like one wound, right mm -hmm. and they all have like the same save profile then just roll all of those dice at the same time mm -hmm. um with just different colors so then you know which one's wounding on what number like the white dice are going to be wounding on fours whereas the yellow dice are going to be roll are going to be wounding on threes and you just roll the whole thing together so then that way you speed up the process of uh of your uh hit rolls and wound rolls make it easier for everybody right yeah boy yeah and it yeah, makes you feel you like that all the time with my black Templars. Yeah. Black yeah. was the bolters, bolter rounds. White was for my plasma guns. Mm -hmm. and red was for my last counts. Yeah. And it was just like all at the same time. Yeah. And if you're, and if you're really confident, you could be like, I'm going to roll them all at the same time. You, and you know what? You can choose which one you want to save. Yeah. It doesn't matter to me. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. take it. Yeah. You, you figure it out. You do it on your own <laughs> clock time. That's just, that's flexing time. Yeah. That's yeah. like just flexing, being like, here, you do it. <laughs> yeah, 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 you got it. Don't worry about it. That's funny. <laughs> Did you want to add anything to that, Jumpy? Uh, I, I mean, I was just gonna say it makes you it makes you feel like you like you're more on top of yourself too when you do stuff like that. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. this is threes, these are fours. You just, it's like it helps your brain just, like work like clockwork when you do when things like that. Just like simple, easy tasks. Uh, yeah, keep you going. You know what I did a lot that I don't normally do. Hmm. That I always give you crap about what I split my shots. 
There's lot. nothing wrong with splitting your shots as long as you're it's better to overkill than underkill. Yeah, but sometimes don't you don't know. split your fire. <laughs> Just overkill things. That's that's a that's a tactical tidbit. Yeah. Overkill something because that one lone space marine will bite you in the butt mm-hmm. every time. You see, you see, but unless you split your shots because you know you're not going to kill it, even if you dump everything <laughs> into it. So you split your shots anyways. Just, it doesn't just, matter. Just do it all together to save time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, then, then, then you just roll different dice, right? It's like these yellow <laughs> yeah. dice are for this unit. Yeah, yeah. This white dice is for this unit. No, it's too confusing already. No, just, just. And then this Dorito chip. The shots at the one marine. This Dorito trip raider. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we have that. Um, John B, do you want to talk about this next part? Yeah, I mean, uh, during your opponent's turn, um, you don't have to just be sitting there watching them get ready to destroy your army. You can instead organize your dice um, during uh, his turn or his or her turn. Um, let's say, like, you know that they are going to be charging one of your units, and you know, like, what you kind of know, you know, um, you already know, like, um, how many dice you're going to need for that specific unit. So you just get that, get that dice ready, um, get ready to roll. And then even even when your opponent's like doing their hit their hit roll their wound roll, you can um, just get those dice ready in hand for yourself to for your save rolls. And as you as soon as you see them like start to drop off, like for hits wounds, just start to drop off those dice. And as soon as uh, it's ready to be, as soon as it's your turn to make your save roll, you're ready to go. Yeah, just having like a handful of dice in your hand when uh, somebody's rolling, so then you know exactly what you need to do. Like if somebody's like dark lance. Right. Yeah. You, you know, it's only one dice. <laughs> yeah, it's one shot. Yeah. yeah, it's one shot. So just have the dice ready. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Did yeah, it wound? Okay. Here's my. Let's okay, see what I got. Four up and one. Blaster. Um, no. <laughs> no. All right. All right. I die. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. All right. Next one. I die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah, I I completely understand that. Just having your dice ready um, helps out a lot. So then you don't have to count your dice, especially. Yeah. Um, well, count your dice. That's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. Make yeah. sure you're rolling the right amount of dice. <laughs> but um, uh, keeping them organized as well. Like mm-hmm. you're trying to organize them, but some people play a lot of like beer and pretzels games at home you know depending on how you know competitive you are or whatever yeah even competitive players tend to if you're in the moment you're rushing like dice like roll and they go under this tree or that little place over there and then you have like your 10 dice or in like 10 different places mm-hmm. so like take the time to sort of like gather up your dice yeah if they tend to sort of like migrate from the area where you where you're holding them and yeah. just have them in a in a very easy accessible spot so you're not like Bending over, reaching over to grab that dice. Oh, where did that dice go? Oh, under that tank. Oh, you know, and then lifting up the tank and then grabbing the <laughs> dice and, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Free movement, yeah. you know. <laughs> Lift up the tank, move it just a couple of inches, yeah. grab your dice, put it back down. Yeah, yeah. roll your dice towards your, your model so that it moves forward. <laughs> bring, bring, <laughs> bring enough dice and play the floor as lava. If the dice falls on the floor, there's, it's, there's no going back. Yeah, yeah don't, don't do that, obviously. <laughs> that, that's cheating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Demeki, do you want to talk about the next part here? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, the one of the, probably the, one of the most important things is to think about what you're going to do during your opponent's turn, right? I mean, it's like chess. The game is essentially chess. Mm-hmm. Like, you should constantly be thinking about the next phase or the next round and, like, how you're going to answer what your opponent just did, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, if you're playing, like, a slow army, Let's say, I don't know, what, what, what Death, Guard. Death Guard. Yeah, if you're playing Death Guard, you should be thinking about, okay, do I need to advance the next round with this unit so I can get a test, uh, contest this objective? 
Or like if you're playing a fast army like Jakari, am I going to just fly out to every single objective, play something there and then say, hey, choose like, mm. you know, stuff like that. You got to constantly think about also your secondaries like, OK, I did this this turn. How am I going to maybe get retrieve Octarius data in this quadrant next turn uh, with what unit is that going to affect if I do that with this unit, is that going to uh, take away some of my damage output? Or, or am I going to be able to do anything else that I need to do that round? Like, it, you should constantly be thinking about uh, the game as you're playing and seeing how it's unfolding real time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's important to understand that, you know, that's really, really important, but it's also important to understand to take time yeah. if you need it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? So, you know, if you are playing, I don't know, um, it, like turn one, a lot of the times, unless you have a lot of shooting and your opponent's like out in the open, you're not really going to be spending a lot of time like doing much other than pos- positioning yourself for like a turn two. Yeah, especially if you're like Dark Elder. Like you're moving into position that turn two or turn three is going to be the turn where you use most of your time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Where it comes to like you're going to be rolling lots of your dice. You're going to be trying to make every charge roll. Every like shot is going to count. And then turn four and turn five, there's a lot of models have been removed from the table, right? Like it's down to like the, the remnants of squads mm-hmm. or like a few tanks. So then you have less time, but you can spend more time for each thing, yeah. right, in, in that sense. So just gauge the ebb and flow of the game as well, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, and little things like if your opponent's going to kill your tank, like grab the models that are inside of the tank from your tray and kind of put them somewhere that's ready to get put on the board right away. Yep. You know, little things like that just thinking ahead right which is what you're 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 sort of um you're explaining that was that was like one of the things that i always had in my hand during the tournament was that since most of my army is in boats i always had 11 dice in my hand so if Mm -hmm. they blew up one boat i could just go ahead and roll to see if those guys make it out yeah right and like i mean that's something to always think about too so like if you're using transports just i would go ahead and say all right well which transport has the most guys in it and keep that many dice in your hand during your opponent's turn. Yeah, yeah. And um, when it when it comes to thinking about what you need to do in, uh, during your opponent's turn, it's mostly just thinking about what you're going to do during your movement phase, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So you want to figure out um, during your opponent's turn what's happening, uh, gauge what, like, basically you want to come up with your game plan during your opponent's turn. So then when it gets onto your turn, you don't just have, like, a blank slate of being like, okay, so what is my plan starting as of right now. You know, like, don't zone out during your opponent's turn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Constantly be thinking about what you're going to do on your next turn uh, so then you don't have analysis paralysis when it does get onto your turn and then you are on a clock and then it's like, oh, I really need to think about what I need to do now instead of when you you should have been thinking about it during your opponent's turn. Yep. Um, That it's, like, it's very, very pivotal, uh, in my opinion, to do that. And, like, you don't have to just, like, start moving your units just like immediately during your turn, you should be thinking about your pre-measuring. Like mm-hmm. before you even move a unit, you should just at least pre-measure all the stuff that you know you need to take care of. Like what needs to be screened out? Does he have deep strike? Is there anything else that I need to screen? Is he going to charge me here? Just make sure that you do all your pre-measuring because the movement phase um, is like the longest part of 
the game basically and then like once you start rolling dice that's like the fastest thing that you could possibly do you know so you know just take some time figure out what you what you want to do during your movement phase for your next turn and just understand what you need to do during your opponent's turn right yeah and then something i like to do too um is ask my opponent like what's your longest gun Mm -hmm. Uh, what's your fastest moving unit what's like can they advance and charge stuff like that helps you assess like the actual threat range that you're dealing with Mm -hmm. Um, and then also like matt mentioned pre-measuring um you could also if it's your turn you can leave dice around the map uh, as like to help you with like your pre-measuring like if i move this unit here it's gonna end up there is that is that where i want them to be kind of stuff like that Mm -hmm. just just remember obviously just remember to pick them up yeah pick them up afterwards so there's no confusion but yeah 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 and uh another thing that ties into that is just uh doing a lot i know that we're j- i'm jumping a, a, a little bit but uh practicing right yeah just constant practice you 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 as the more that you practice the more muscle memory you get mm-hmm. um in the game right so uh the more muscle memory that you get when it comes to oh that looks like it's going to be six inches or something you can start pre-measuring in your head a little bit comparatively to you know doing it precisely on the table um but uh besides that practicing just helps you understand your stat lines way more i would say to practice like if you're running a list practice it multiple times against multiple different armies because don't just be like oh well i lost that that one match right it's time to make it change but well then what you're doing is you're also hurting yourself on your learning curve because now you're adding in a different unit and you already still don't even understand what your other units do, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, practicing just one list for at least, I would say, at least five games. Mm-hmm. I would say practice one, one list for five games before you make someone a, going to a tournament that, that uses a lot of time right. is they go to a tournament with a brand new list. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And they spend the whole time looking stuff up. Don't get me wrong. It's not a bad thing to be a new player and want to go to a tournament. And I know a lot of new players who want to go to a tournament sometimes feel like an anxiety about not wanting to be a burden to their opponent, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah, want to yeah. be there, the person looking up the rules and things like that. Most times, your opponent, if they're more experienced than you, will know your rules as well, right? Mm-hmm. So they, they tend to help you or at least have an idea of what's, what you're trying to do. Yeah, And that's not a reason to not go to an event. Like, you know, I... I feel like you should go to an event if you want to experience an event. But if you're like a, a veteran player and you're like, I want to go and I want to play and I want to compete. And then you decide to say, change your list like a week before the event or the night before the event or just on like list deadline. And then you have a long week at work and you don't really get a chance to read the rules and abilities and your relic and your wall of trait. You just kind of put it all into best coast pairings. I sorry to be into, um, battle scribe or whatever and then upload it really quickly and then you're doing that on your first round of the tournament you know that that's not a good way to save time yeah no, definitely no. not nope and like the other thing too is like when it comes to practicing and you're looking at your list uh what i like to use i like to use different resources but like also look at what stratagems apply to certain units mm-hmm. and separate my stratagems like if i'm using the cards and whatnot I like to just yep. separate out the stratagems that I know I'm going to be using and then take everything else that I know I'm not and leave it at home. Yep. Yeah. Don't even bring them. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another good thing is 
uh, along with practicing, uh, you'll start to notice like lots of patterns when it comes to playing different armies, especially if you're if you have the the option to be able to play against different armies and mm -hmm. you're practicing against different armies all the time. You start to pick up on um, on patterns like, oh, okay, so that that looks like an infantry unit for this army. They're going to be T three, so then you don't have to ask about what's the toughness of this unit. Yeah, you know, to your opponent, right? Yeah. Um, then that that just comes with like repetition under mm -hmm. and like you know understanding and remembering what the strength of your weapons are, what the AP on your weapons are, what the damages on your weapons are. So then that way, when you go to a game, it's not just uh, you know, oh, you asking what's the toughness on this? Oh, my strength is. Let me check real quick and then flip through your book again. Yeah. You know, yeah. so just make sure that you remember your stat lines for at least the army that you're bringing. Right? Yeah, yeah. If if you are going to a tournament. And it is a new list that you're going to be using. Just tap out your pages. Just go ahead, get like a post-it note and stick on the page like a divider for each unit, just in case if they write some cue cards out. Yeah, or yeah, write or cue have cards. a little cheat sheet. Yeah, or you know, like little things like that. And that goes into you can put that in the tools category. Yeah, cheat yeah. sheets, play-by-play uh, -play on every um, every phase. And like things that you need to remember to do every phase, mm -hmm. yeah. so you're not like trying to remember, especially if you're learning a thing. Uh, counters, like you've mentioned before, taking the stratagems out, having like tokens, which now you sort of are required to have yeah. to really participate in the ITC. Like you need your tokens, but that is a great way to save time. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, um, as well. But yes, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. data cards. Yeah, data, data sheets, data sheets, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. different dice, and well, even if something that you have is like a tool that is outdated, right? So say you have a, a like your data cards, you bought the data cards from Games Workshop, mm -hmm. and they two weeks later they released an FAQ that changed the wording on your stratagem card, right? Like scribble that in, like literally grab the card, and like scribble it in, or or put like a post-it note on top of that card. Right, that's like this is the FAQ says this now. Yep. Like, yep. do some little extra work off away from the tournament that's going to save you time. So you're not like, oh, what did the FAQ say? Or trying to like, like just have it on you. Yeah, and I think that a lot of stuff, um, I, like I see a lot of uh, flow charts being made now for newer armies. Um, so that helps out as well. Like, uh. if people can create flow charts. Um, like AdMech has a lot of flow charts uh, that they have access to <laughs> that people have made, like communities have made. Um, that, that fits that army, though. Uh, well, Personally, I feel yeah. if every time then, I see one of those, I'm confused to hell. Like, yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. like, yeah, it's, it's confusing. <laughs> yeah, but, but for people that understand and want to use flow charts, it's out there. Dude, I, I, I love flow charts. I, I yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this happens, do this. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Oh, tell me more. Yeah. Um, um, I, well, I think another important thing, too, is pen and paper. So, and I say pen and paper, not just to, like, write down some things during your match. Like, maybe, like, your opponent puts something in deep strike, so you scribble it down to, to remember for yourself. But, like, after the match, things that went wrong that you picked up that you did wrong, jot that down, review it at the end, and then say, okay, this is what I need to work on. That's normally what I've been doing a lot is just like, all right, I forgot this or uh, I messed up and I should have done this instead. Just take notes on your own gameplay 
And even ask your opponent, say, hey, you know, after the match, like, hey, w- was there a pivotal moment where I screwed up uh, and I should have done something else and it probably would have won me the game? And most of the time they'll tell you. I mean, it's not a secret. Yeah, but how does that make you play faster? It makes you play better, which means you'll <laughs> get faster. <laughs> However, on the note of talking to your opponent, mm-hmm. one of the biggest time sinks is some sort of rules discussion. Oh, yeah. yeah. When it comes to, like, you know, depending on whether you need to call up a, a ref or a judge to, like, get an interpretation of a rule or to get, like, a ruling on a, a gray area of the rule. Let's face it. We play games workshop rules. <laughs> They're not the best written, you know? Yeah. It's not like yeah. they have it. They don't seem to have a technical writer that then knows, <laughs> like, the 50 different ways of saying the same thing with the same word in the English language yeah. a lot of the time. Yeah. But or wait, the they punctuation <laughs> is in the wrong place, and it means something completely different, yeah. right, than what they might have intended. So in terms of talking with your conversation, a great, an amazing way to save time, and this is something very simple, is have a conversation with your opponent before the game starts about a variety of things. Number yeah. one, terrain, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Or interpretation of terrain. That's like hugely important. A lot of the times the events will have like keywords that are associated to certain buildings or whatever. Perfect. But sometimes they don't. So not getting to turn four when you need a crucial charge and then having your opponent go, wasn't that difficult ground? You know? Oh, that doesn't look like difficult ground to me. But I thought we talked about it at the beginning. No, we didn't talk about it. You know, that sort of thing. So you want to kind of like get those grayers out Mm -hmm. so that they're not a point of contention. And then at the same time, you want to make sure you are on the same page with your opponent when it comes to any sort of gray area that you might have. Like if I go to an opponent, exactly. So if I were to play um, Gaunt's Ghosts and I had Mr. Throw a Million Grenades or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, you have a conversation with the opponent. How do you play it? This is contentious. The the TO did not rule it either way, right? The TO hasn't ruled on it. Mm-hmm. And they go, oh, I think that's BS. And you go, I think it's possible, right? At least you have that discussion before it happens instead of like as it's happening, yeah. which not only makes it more amicable, but at the same time, it saves you so much time. Because then at least you start the game knowing how that interaction is going to work out. Exactly, exactly. And then, like, how you settle it is up to you guys on mm-hmm. whether you want to do, like, on a four-up, it's fine. Or if you actually want to get a TO in. Um, or to get a judge, it. exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. and for anything like this, I'll tell you right now, we need to tackle the stigma of calling a judge to a table. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is not a bad thing to have a judge come to your table. And there's this huge stigma attached to it. They're there to help you out. And you need to call them when you need them instead of, like, not saying anything and then being grumpy for the rest of the weekend. Yep. Yeah. I didn't even know that was a bad stigma. I'm used to, like, magic. It, like, you hear judge every, like, five minutes. <laughs> judge! <laughs> What's this, yeah. this card? What? Yeah. I, I, I want to add that. Welcome to Warhammer 40,000, <laughs> where it's a gentleman's game, and you're supposed to suck it up. No, um, you know, call, call it, like, that is, is important. Yeah. Call the judge and, like, and, and the stigma, but have those conversations beforehand to save you time in the middle of the game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I yeah. guarantee you probably most of the judge calls during the LVTT were about the terrain. And it was just because, like, we would set up and then we would each have, like, one piece left. And we're like, where do we put this? Because, like, if we go off the rules, 
we can't put it on the table. Yeah. And then some people, I guess, were caught putting it like underneath the table. Mm-hmm. And uh, Reese got on the mic and was like, if you're putting terrain underneath the table, that is a no no. <laughs> do not do that. You will get a yellow card. And I was like, oh, I'm not, I'm, it wasn't me. <laughs> what were you saying, John P? I'll, I, I wanted to add, like, if you do have something that might be uh, up for discussion in, in that, like, rules gray area, uh, just email the TL beforehand uh, and get yep. solved, solved ahead of time. Saves you time. Saves you so Saves much you time. time. You don't even have to yeah. worry about it. Day yeah. Of. yeah. Yeah. And if the TO says no on something, it's a no. Yeah. yeah. Do not yeah, don't argue. argue. Or it's a yes. You know what I mean? It's yeah. a yeah, no yeah. or a yes. The key is, like, Whatever the ruling is, just go with it, and at least you know what the ruling is, Yeah. yeah. right? Yeah. And then you can just go and play the game. And whether you agree with it or not, you can be grumpy about it after. At yeah. least you, you're not wasting time wondering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And don't be afraid to ask the community, too, if you are if you feel like you've been doing something wrong. Yeah. Like, yep. yeah. I asked Ari uh, something. Yeah. He told me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think that another way that you can practice uh, getting faster, this is probably one of the most easiest ways, is to just practice with the clock mm-hmm. uh, at home. Uh, you could buy like a, um, you could buy a clock at on, like, Amazon, on Amazon for like, you know, or anywhere that yeah. you can find a clock. They're they're like really cheap. Yeah, they're just like ten bucks or something. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. it's really cheap. Um, and then you just play uh wherever you're at. Just be like, go to, to your opponent and say, hey, is it cool if we do a chess? clock and then um if they i'll say, tell you right now you don't even need your opponent to to do the chess clock oh, yeah, like, you can, you can play with a yeah. chess clock with your opponent and as a person who's learning how to use a chess clock mm-hmm. you can control the time back and forth mm-hmm. to make sure your opponent like whenever they're doing something put it on them yeah whenever they pass to you the time put the time on yourself right and it just gives you a gauge of how long you're taking on your stuff mm-hmm. yep. right and it's okay if you run overtime, but like maybe time yourself how much time you go overtime. Yeah. If that yeah. makes sense. To kind of yeah. go, okay, where could I save time? Because yeah. if you're running like a horde or you're running, you know, like a million models, maybe there you bring you bring movement trays to like mm-hmm. help with movement. Yeah. Or you'd have like a preset, like, I don't care, I'm just gonna move them in a blob or whatever it is. Yeah. But yeah. You know, it'll give you a good gauge of what to work on. Yeah. If you're and playing, oh, no, 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 also ahead. using like squad marks and stuff helps yeah. out a lot mm-hmm. um, in organization, mm-hmm. especially yeah. if you're playing like a horde, or if you're running multiple different or multiple of the same units. Um, so then that way, like even though it might sound like kind of uh, nitpicky to be like, oh, you know, is that really going to save me time if I have squad marks? You know, to separate yes. the units. And it's like, yes, yeah, it, it does. It does. One hundred percent, it does. Yeah. I went to. Uh, when I went to the ETC for the first time with uh, with uh, the Canadian national team, I it was in 2018. And when I got there, I noticed that I know Reese doesn't like the elastic bands on like stuff, but mm. it's a it, it's a known like like it's just a very simple way of doing it. You grab the like dental like elastic bands that you yeah. put on like braces or whatever, and they're a thousand different colors, and you get like a thousand of them in a bag. So you can literally put them on all your models. So it doesn't look pretty, right? But at the same time, if you're like a competitive player, the less amount of brain power you need to tell your units apart in the heat of the moment or in a combat where all the units are just 
cluster act in the middle yeah. of the table. If you can pick your units out really quickly just with a glance, that saves you a lot of time. Islands, consolidates, allocating attacks, how many attacks you get in combat. Just having those things stand out to you within the chaos um, really saves time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. definitely. It's like, oh, here's a... Uh, we have 20... Or we have, like, three units of guardsmen here. Where does it end? Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then some people are like, well, these are facing sideways, and yeah. these are facing forward, and these are facing backwards. Yeah, which know? one's and the that sergeant? Yeah. One turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what were you going to say, Jumpy? Uh, I guess just going back to the practicing with a clock thing. Uh, if, like, if you go over time, um, try to, like... Um, Maybe when you do practice with a clock, you just take a note of like how long each turn took, or what maybe how long each phase took, and then uh, if you see one is ex- exceedingly longer than the rest, you know, that's that's where you know you need to work on. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And then you're also- right on you're right on target on that because, for example, uh, back in the day there was the the drop pod assault space range style armies, mm-hmm. right? Where turn one they did nothing, but turn two was like their entire deployments their entire deployment time and mm. an entire turn all crammed into one turn. <laughs> so people who played that list knew that that second turn or that turn where they decided to bring all their drop pods in was going to be the longest amount of time. It's like when you're playing Genes to the Cult. Revealing uh, the blips, yeah. when you reveal all your blips and figure out where they're all going, that's the longest investment of time and you should take your time, but you should know that that's where you're going to be using some of your time. Exactly. Yeah, that sounds exactly. cool. That like, sounds so cinematic. Yeah, yeah. You, you just need to you need to be able to because like um, in this game, I think like the longest turns are what turns two and three, right? And then yeah. turn three is like the backbreaker turn. Yeah. So turn three is like the most important turn. Turn two and turn three are like the longest, and then turns turn one is like the shortest. Turn four and five are well, it's the shortest depending on your army. And then turns four and five are like, kind of just like <laughs> auto. What? Wh- how many points do you score? Like math yeah. out. Yeah. Almost. Like, yeah. 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 So make sure that you have your turns two and three when your army usually comes active to be to work on you know the most right. Um. Anything else that we need to talk about for understanding stuff? Uh. We have knowing your stat lines and strats. Um. I feel like that that kind of just. We beat the horse out yeah, of that. Yeah, we beat the horse out of that one. Yeah. Just knowing your psychic powers and stuff for all you people joining the psychic power armies of uh, Grey Knights and K-Suns. That goes with the tokens, too. Like, yeah. have your cards. Have your tokens. Like, have, like, a little, like, you know, the, the way you put your magic cards or whatever, like the sleeves. Have, like, a little sleeve for, like, each psyker in your army yeah. with like yeah. the different powers that that psyker has. And you please, know I mean? And they're color-coded or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. And please, yeah. like, if you're if you've got the cards, the the actual like uh, psychic card, and you casted a spell that is like, an uh, like a plus up or a minus one or whatever, a buff or debuff. Put it, please, put it on the unit. Well, you need to now. You yeah. have to put tokens in competitive play in the ITC. Yeah. Yep. Like that is yeah you in order for for the play, code of conduct. Like, make sure you have your tokens. Tokens yeah. make the game go faster, less confusing yeah. for everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, do you guys have anything else that you guys want to add onto this topic of anything uh, to make people okay, what's, to help people? What's go your, I want to go around the, the, the circle here, and I want to ask, what's the one thing that you know that you do that wastes <laughs> time that you should change? Uh, counting dice. Yeah. yeah For me, it's just counting dice. That's one of them. A, a lot of the armies that I play, 
they use a lot of dice to roll. Um, and then I'm not very used to counting more than five dice at a time. <laughs> and so that's, uh, that's, that's, it's hard for me in that sense. Uh, my, mine's um, kind of hard to avoid. Uh, I'm playing the Space Wolves uh, Double Exploding Sixes build. <laughs> so naturally, it's going to be me counting sixes and then adding the dice to the roll. Um, that's that's going to be uh, brutal on my time. <laughs> yeah. Mine's the movement phase. <laughs> because, like, I, I, like, even though I'm thinking about what I'm supposed to be doing during my opponent's turn, maybe it didn't play out that way. Or maybe I'm like, well, maybe I need to go over here and contest this objective. But then I'm like, also, I'm thinking to myself, well, I also need to think about my secondaries as well. And if I go over there, am I going to be able to do my secondaries? So then it turns into a measuring game where I'm going around the table, pre-measuring things and putting dice down and trying to figure out, all right, well, this is where I want to move. So my movement phase ends up taking a pretty pretty yeah, so long you, amount of you time. You get a little bit of some analysis paralysis almost, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. I have all this movement. What do I do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what about you, Scary? Well, mine would have to be in the deployment phase, mainly because I've been I've been pampered with a lot of tabletop simulator, which mm -hmm. means that I can sit down in my chair and take my time and stuff like that. But when I get to actual playing, I have found myself spending more time on deployment than I have historically, and I feel that I can get faster with it. I just have been playing so many different armies that everyone deploys differently. Mm -hmm. So now that I've settled on a more competitive build, it's it's about knowing like where I need my things to go as I'm deploying and making it a lot faster and methodical. Yeah, I feel that. Mm -hmm. how, how would you guys uh, help out somebody that uh, needs to roll like lots of dice all the time? So like, uh, you know, if we're talking about like 21 Orcs. to 80 dice in a turn, like yeah. at one go. I, so I had someone ask me about, so in, it's just because it was my second tournament, I just didn't know like what to do. So he asked me, he's like, well, can I use an app? And I was just like, what app? Like, <laughs> is it pr oh, yeah. approved? Who sanctioned it? Yeah, I've like, used you dice know. rolling apps before, yeah. Right. Yeah. But I'm saying at a tournament level, like, you know. You is have it, to ask your TO. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, and there's nothing in the player, at least the player's handbook when I've looked at it, there's nothing that says you can use this rolling app, right? Mm -hmm. So it, I – Okay. I don't know. How, how do I how do I count dice faster without using an app? Because the app makes me not um, want to I've, roll the dice. Okay, orc players. Yeah. Okay, I know yeah, like orc, orc players are rolling hundreds of dice right now for shooting mm -hmm. with like yeah. shooters and bikes and all the stuff. To be honest, yeah. I've seen people come with like little, not you know like beer cups, like yeah. little plastic cups, oh, and yeah, each yeah. cup has twenty dice, yeah. and then they have like four cups, you know, <laughs> with twenty dice in each. This and is a they just Nazi like, game. What sorry? I said it's like a Yahtzee game. Just, <laughs> yeah. They're just playing Yahtzee. And they literally just have the the cup, and they know there's the 20 to 30 dice in this cup, and if they need 30, they just do multiples of, like, cups, mm -hmm. <laughs> essentially. And, then they just... and, they, and they're just really fast at picking them up, right? Putting the – taking out – you pick out the misses, of course. Pick out the misses. Right? Yeah. And then and then yeah, grab the other put it back in the cup, roll the, the hits again. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it just makes it a lot faster. Yeah, but it's still but you're still counting dice. Why can't we create uh, some type of uh, like a toy where you can put dice inside of it and then it'll count it you for just, you and like, then just like shoot it out yeah. like the ticket just flip like a coin. the ticket machine just flip yeah. a coin and be like is it going to be mathematical yes or no you know yeah, yeah. And you just calculate <laughs> like the, a... the odds and statistics of uh, of something killing something and yeah, they, yeah. if it statistically would then it just does you could yeah. bring a, a weight like a, a measure oh, like a scale yeah. yeah like a scale yeah yeah <laughs> I was you thinking just uh, okay. measure. I was, oh, gonna say, I was thinking of something like Coinstar. Like, 
how, how they can tell the difference between like a dime and a quarter. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, you, you, you take your 80 dice, you roll into the machine, it sorts out all the sixes, all the ones, and it spits out the, all, so the, all your hits, and you roll it again, spits out your wounds. So it's just a dice organizer? Yeah, <laughs> dude. Dude, it's like the dice towers. Uh, just yeah. have it, just roll all the dice into the dice tower. It'll count how many for you, you know? Yeah. And then, like, only the hits, you're like, oh, those were the ones that are meant to the, the, This doesn't solve the problem. I still have <laughs> I mean, to count the dice to I mean, put inside the dice tower. No, no, it has a digital no, no. interface. No, because you can just put as many dice as you want into the hopper, yeah. and then you can just be like, you know, 20, enter. Or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. And then it does it, it, it for, you. for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that removes the fun of actually rolling, though. It's like yeah. a gumball machine almost. <laughs> <laughs> we need an engineering god could, to could help you, us out here. Yeah. Could you imagine you you put in the number, you hit enter, and then it's like all ones. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, do I reroll one? Hey, I think there's something wrong with the machine. Yeah, I think we need a new machine. Yeah, guys. Yeah. Let me let me do this by myself. <laughs> let me hand do this one. Oh, one thing that you should do too, if you just bought brand new dice. Check your dice before you start playing. Sometimes there are mistakes, and sometimes dice have two numbers on them that are the same. So oh. make sure you check your dice before you start playing. What type of shoddy dice when it's happened. Dice sellers. It's, it's yeah, happened with you, GW's when you make a dice. Bazillion, yeah. When you make a bazillion dice, sometimes dice have defects. A lot of the times they'll they'll pick out those before packaging them and selling them. But yeah. Yeah, there are there are def there are faulty dice. Or like another thing that saves time is make sure all your symbols are like sixes. Or, yeah. You know what I mean? Like don't yeah. don't come to this with weird Oh yeah. Dice Those are awful. Like weird Nurgle dice that are like you don't know what a three or a four is. <laughs> if you wanna if you wanna waste time looking at dice Use those dice, but they are like a lot of those novelty dice. Sorry, Games Workshop, but those dice are like the worst. But scary, yeah, like, my Drakari dice. <laughs> All right, I think that we're done here. <laughs> uh, that is it for this episode. Uh, scary, would you like to plug yourself? Where can we find you? Well, you can find me uh, on YouTube mainly uh, at Scottcast uh, on YouTube, where I do battle reports and I do live streams. And I do a whole bunch of different stuff. So check me out there. I do have the Patreon as well, but all the links are right on there too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, that, Thanks for having me. Yeah. It's always a pleasure having you. you get to pick your brain. Your big brain. Yes. With our small uh, brains. With pick our away. Brains. Pick yeah. away. The homunculus, you know, announced <laughs> it years ago. Yeah. There's plenty to go around. All right. So that is it for this episode. Thank you guys for joining in. Uh, we will see you guys on the next episode. Uh, if you guys are going to the SoCal Open, we'll see you guys there. And without further ado, we'll see you guys. Have a good day. Bye-bye. See you. Until the next episode of Dragon Ball Z. We'll freeze a roll once. <laughs> <laughs>